Hey, welcome to the Steamboat Christian Center podcast, where our greatest goal is to love God and love people. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us on social media or at steamboat.church. We're so glad you joined us today. Let's jump into this week's message. Well, welcome to church. Yeah, man, uh, isn't this great that we can uh, meet anywhere for church, right? I mean, uh, the church isn't a building. We have to remember that. We talk about that a lot. The church isn't a building. It's people. It's you and it's me. And wherever we're together, there's church, right? Wherever our hearts are united together in Jesus, you're having church. And so if you're right now, you're in your living room, you're worshiping God with your family, uh, you're having church, right? If you're over in Oak Creek right now and you're watching that online or you're in Hayden or you're up in Clark or even if you're way over in Craig, you're having church right now. Amen? Amen. So glad to have you. Welcome. I'm really excited. Today we are starting a brand new series and I've titled it WTF. <laughs> right. Now before you kind of fill in words for what those letters might stand for, I just want to remind you that that WTF could stand for a lot of different things. It could mean a lot of different things. For example, last week I was out of town and I had the chance to just talk to some people and ask them what they thought. And I told them I was a pastor and that our church was doing a series called WTF and I wanted them to take a guess what it might stand for. Now, as you can imagine, uh, you know, of course, two or three people gave the obvious answer that I can't repeat right now, but, uh, but some other people kind of got creative. In fact, a couple ladies, um, they both said this. They said, WTF stands for where's the faith? And I thought, oh, that's a good idea, right? Uh, another one said, what's the future? And I thought, boy, that's a, that would be a good one for right now. Um, one dude said, uh, WTF stood for where's the females? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But, but my two favorite responses were, where's the fun? And, of course, where's the food? Come on, now, now we're preaching. That was a, that's Steamboat Christian Center right there. And so, anyway, whatever WTF means to you, what I want to just encourage you is over the next few weeks, I want you to change the meaning of that acronym to Why Trust Feelings. Why Trust Our Feelings. Now, I'm excited about this series because uh, I believe that this series is going to help you and I learn to identify the feelings that often um, pose as an ally in our lives when, in fact, they're actually the enemy, right? There's some feelings that just kind of mess us up. And, and over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how you and I can separate um, ourselves from the feelings that often hijack our lives, that foul up our lives over and over and over again. And so, so that's what we're going to do. And I want to I start off with this big idea. Here's the big idea. And if you're taking notes, get this. And that is this. You have no good reason to trust your feelings. That's right. You have no good reason to trust your feelings. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying that there, there's anything wrong with feelings. There's nothing wrong with feelings. That we all have them. It's part of the human experience. There's no d- doubt about that. That we, as soon as you wake up in the morning, you're experiencing feelings. That's normal. But but and 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 we all love. How many love feeling good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all hate feeling bad. Amen. The problem is this. The problem starts when you and I treat our feelings as if they're facts. 
You see, feelings are not facts. They're, they're real, but they're not reality. And so we need to be mindful of that. Not only that, another problem with feelings is that they're fickle. They're, they're constantly changing. I mean, they change from one minute to the next. I mean, think about it. When something as simple as the weather changes, so do our feelings, right? I mean, think about it. a song coming on the radio can totally change how you feel, right? I mean, feelings change quickly. I mean, one, 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 you know, you can feel like a warrior at church on Sunday and then feel like a wimp at work on Monday, <laughs> Right? I mean, they just change so quickly. One week you can feel like the world is great. Your business is rocking and your 401k is rolling and good times are never going to end. And then the next thing you know, a virus hits and you're feeling like the world is going to come to an end. Listen, here's the thing. In my own life, I have noticed that I have gone through seasons where my feelings and my emotions have taken me on a roller coaster. I mean, up and down and this way and that way. And, it, and it's just exhausting. And you know what? I finally, <laughs> finally at 51 years old, 51 years old, I finally gotten to the point that I'm asking myself the question, WTF? Why trust my feelings? Um, uh, my feelings have never been an accurate indicator of what's actually happening around me. Right? My feelings, in fact, uh, I, I, more often than not, my feelings have, have been flat wrong about what God has in store for my life. So my feelings have always messed me up. And so over the next two weeks, I want to invite you. I want to invite you into this conversation that I'm having with myself about feelings. And hopefully together we can, uh, we can break free of the power that they hold over us, all right? Okay, now with that introduction, I wanna shift gears a little bit and I wanna take some time to talk to our church a little bit about the situation that we find ourselves in this week, um, both locally and of course globally. Um, without a doubt, this uh, COVID-19 pandemic is unprecedented. I mean, uh, th this, is, this, is, uh, this is uncharted waters for every one of us. We've never seen anything like this before. In fact, in my opinion, things right now are more precarious than they were right after 9-11. I mean, it, it's just crazy. I mean, that was national. This thing that we're dealing with is global, right? And so I don't know about you, but um, <laughs> over the last few weeks, I've had several moments where I've been tempted to just freak out. To just lose it, man. I mean, I'm serious. It, 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 it's just, this is serious, serious stuff that we're watching happen. But I want to say this. In this season of uncertainty, in this season of uncertainty, I want to challenge us to not let our feelings override our good judgment and not let our feelings override our faith in God. Amen. Let's not do that. You know what? We need to, I realize that right now, um, our spirits are kind of heavy. I get that, that there's just a heaviness. I get that there's a lot of negativity. I get that there's a lot of mind monsters kind of swirling around our heads right now. I get that. But you and I, we need to get our emotions in check. We need to get our feelings in check. Now you might go, well, how, how can I do that? Here's, here's a way. We need to pray. Amen. We need to pray. I mean, prayer 
changes things. It changes things. Number one, it changes our hearts. It changes what's going on on the inside. And that's most important. But number two, it also has the potential to change this world. To move the hand of God upon this world that so desperately needs it. Right? And so, in fact, I was thinking about this. And as I was praying this week and talking to the Lord about this thing that's going on. And about my role and what I can do in this. I felt like the Lord gave me three very specific marching orders. For me, on how I'm how I'm I am to conduct myself during this crazy time that our world is in, and 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 these three things were so good that I thought I would share them with you today, (laughs) and I would challenge you to consider implementing these in your own life to join me, and and the more I thought about them and the more I prayed about them, I believe that this course of action will actually help me not only survive these crazy times but actually thrive in the midst of them. I believe that. I believe that. And what's most interesting to me is that all three of these things have the same acronym as our series, WTF. Each one of them is WTF. And so I thought, gosh, that's that's God. That's clearly the Lord. Amen? No, actually, it's just easier to remember. And so I want to give these to you. And my point is this, is instead of riding this roller coaster of emotions and feelings that we're all going through right now, I want to challenge you to do these three things over the next few weeks, okay? Here it is. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, watch the fear. Watch the fear that's going on inside of you and around you. Now, some of you are going, what, what, are, you, what are you talking about here? Well, as, as you know, um, the virus, the coronavirus, is in northwest Colorado right now. We're aware that it's up here. It's made it here. And even though the odds are very, very low, still low, there's no guarantee that you and I won't know somebody that gets infected or won't even be infected ourselves. And so that's kind of scary. That's kind of frightening for a lot of people, and I understand it. But let me suggest to you, let me suggest that for the vast majority of all of us here, fear is a greater threat to us than the virus itself. Now, I'm not downplaying this sickness at all. But fear is a greater threat. Why would I say that? Because here's the thing I know. Fear wreaks havoc on this world. Fear is the cause of a lot of the problems in this world. From the very beginning, it wreaks havoc. I mean, you could talk about having a pandemic right now. That's one thing. But what about pandemonium? That's a whole other thing, right? And so fear wreaks havoc in the world. But more than that, it wreaks havoc in our hearts. Fear causes us to, to lose our courage to lose our integrity. It, fear causes people to turn against other people, right? Fear causes people to go to the grocery store and hoard food and raise, raid all the shelves of everything that's on there, right? Fear causes people to go into hospitals and clinics and steal ma- surgical masks. This is just crazy what we're seeing going on around us. Fear will drive a nation's economy into a recession, a great economy, and turn it right into recession. But here's the thing, more than all of that, more than all of that, worse than all that, fear causes you and I to run and hide from our creator, which is the complete opposite of what we should do during these times. I mean, it's crazy. Now, oh, wait a second here. Wait. Oh, oh, wait a second. Yeah, I'm getting a Getting a, some breaking news real quick here. Let me, let me, oh, this is just coming in. Okay, yeah, let me get this. Just, just in, breaking news. Um, according to the Bible, 
God is still in control of every situation. Yeah, no need to panic. Wow, wow. Finally, some news you can use, amen? <laughs> amen, yes. The point I'm gonna tell you is this. The point I'm trying to make is that you're not gonna hear that on CNN. You're not gonna hear that news on CNBC, right? You're not gonna hear that. Most of the news that that's out there is designed to cause an emotional uh, reaction, to cause some negative feelings in us, to cause fear in us so that we'll continue to watch and be a part of that. But knowing God, knowing and pursuing God will eliminate all the fear that's in your life. Let let me give you a scripture here. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 7 says this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us fear. Instead, he has given us a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Knowing God, knowing God can give you a feeling of, of, of power, a sense of, okay, it's gonna be okay. It can give you a feeling and a sense that you are loved and that you're okay and that you're cared for. And it can give you a sound mind. It'll give you good thoughts. Listen, if you're feeling fear right now, that is a clear indicator that you need to draw closer to your creator. That's right. That's Amen? Amen. And so I also got another verse. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Look at this one. It says this. So do not fear, for I I'm with you. Come on now. We need, we need to remember that when this coronavirus showed up in this world, God didn't suddenly leave it. God is still with us. He says, do not be dismayed, for I am your God, and I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I, I love this next one, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is telling us that he will personally Hold our hand as we go through this thing. I love that idea. You and I have nothing to be afraid of when we have God in our lives. You have nothing to be afraid of. Let me read you a quote from a a preacher from years ago, a guy named A.W. Tozer. He said this. He said, a scared world needs a fearless church. I want you to think about that, Christian Center. A scared world needs a church that is fearless. I want to ask you, how, man, how about we? How about we become that church right now? How about we be that kind of people to our friends and to our community right now? That we walk in faith. Let's not shrink back in fear. Let's step forward in faith. Let's step forward in the faith. Now, let me be very clear. When I say that, I am not advocating and saying to you that we should ignore the instructions that our government and our leaders, our community leaders have told us. We shouldn't do that. In fact, the Bible is very clear that we need to obey the leaders that God has placed over us in our lives. And we need to follow that. And we are, as a church, we need to do that. But more than that, wisdom would say to you and I that we need to protect the most vulnerable among us. We need to make some choices that will protect those who are most susceptible to this. And so, when, so this isn't about standing up for our freedom to gather wherever we want and to do whatever we want right now. No, no, no. This is about caring for our fellow man. This is about helping those that are maybe more susceptible to getting sick and possibly dying. And so that's wisdom. That is wisdom. But when I say step forward in faith, what I'm, what I'm saying is, is, is that instead of looking at the problems and the inconveniences that this panic 
is creating right now in our lives. We instead should look at the opportunities and the openings that we suddenly have before us to share the hope and the peace that we have in Jesus Christ with the people around us. That's what I'm talking about. Instead of letting fear pull us down during this season, let's let faith lift us up. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. The second thing that I feel like God told me to do was wash their feet. Write that down. Wash their feet. (laughs) That's what the F was on that one. Wash their feet. Now, what am I saying here? Well, over the last month or so, you and I have been repeatedly reminded about the importance of washing our hands, right? And I want to challenge our church to go a little bit beyond just washing our hands, right? That's great advice. But today, I want to challenge our church to go beyond the self preservation mentality that we're seeing kind of take over the world right now in this panic that everybody's worried about themselves and taking care of themselves. Matthew chapter 23, Jesus said this. He said, the greatest among you will be the servant of all. That's a great approach for us. Now, I don't know about you, but as I've watched this over the last few weeks, I I have personally been deeply disappointed in all the hoarding that I'm seeing at the grocery stores. I just, I'm like looking at this, it's crazy to me. Now, it's not really surprising because I think in one way it illustrates the level of fear that most of the world around us live in. The kind of fear, they live in this, this constant state of fear and selfishness. There's this selfish spirit about that, right? Um, but, but here's the thing. Um, that's not the kind of behavior that believers in God should exhibit. That, that, that kind of stuff isn't things that we should be a part of. Jesus called you and I the salt of the earth. And among many things, salt is a preservative. They would preserve meat and food with it. And in the same way, you and I are called to preserve civility and kindness and generosity and care for our neighbors. We're called to do that. And here's my point. We need to think of ways that you and I can love and serve our neighbors in this desperate time. Now, I get it. Doing your part, just trust me, I know. Doing your part to flatten the curve right now doesn't mean that you should go into full hermit mode, okay? Doesn't mean that you need to get into your compound with with all your food and, and your guns and your ammo and your toilet paper and hide out. No, no, no. What I'm suggesting And again, I want to be clear. I'm not suggesting that we ignore the instructions that we've been given to be careful, to separate. Yes, those restrictions (laughs) will make serving our neighbors and loving our neighbors a challenge. But that's not an excuse, right? There's plenty of ways to serve others. We just need to be a little more creative. For example, I've got four ways, three or four ways right now that you and I can wash our neighbor's feet and yet still practice safe Social distancing. Are you ready? Here's four ways. Write these down. Number one, reach out. Reach out. If you do not personally know your neighbors, I mean the people that live on your block or in your condo or in your apartment complex, boy, now might be a good time to reach out and see how they're doing. I mean, I I understand that. And so I'm just suggesting, why not consider leaving a note on their door? 
and, 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 and with your contact information and basically offer to help them if they need any help. Now, you might be thinking, well, some of my neighbors aren't elderly. They're not going to need this. Here's the thing. You may not know. It's possible that their immune system has been compromised, maybe by diabetes or a heart disease, and they're just afraid to go out right now. They're afraid to go to the store, and you could simply help them. You could do a trip. If you're in a healthy place, that maybe you could do that for them. And and, and here's the thing. Why not offer your neighbors just some help? And even if they don't need the help, even if they don't need any, then that's still a great gesture. That's a great way to connect and reach out. And so I want to challenge you to do that. In fact, we made some door hangers here at Steamboat Christian Center um, that you could use just to put on your neighbor's door where you put contact information and says, hey, I'm here to help if you need it. If you would like to take one of those, uh, we'll have them here at the church. They'll be set outside and you can come by and pick them up. You can pick up five, 10 and just put them out at your neighborhood. But that was a simple way to love your neighbor. Another way, number two, is to check in. Check in. What I mean by that is call some friends and talk. Call some, go through your little contact list on your phone and let your fingers do the dialing. And when I say call, I mean call, don't text. This, this is, I'm telling you, there's an old joke, there's an old stereotype about how this generation can't stand to call on the phone anymore. This is a good time that we need to break that and, and prove that that's wrong. I think there's something powerful about calling up a friend and saying, hey, how you doing? Make a goal. This is my goal. My goal is to call one or two or maybe three of my friends every day. I've got nothing else going on. And to just say, hey, how you doing? And the conversation doesn't have to be long. Just ask them, hey, how you doing in the midst of this epidemic? How you, how you, how you feeling? And here's the thing. You'll never know where that conversation might lead. It might be an opportunity for you to share. It might be an opportunity for you to pray with them and bring some peace into that situation. So number two, I want you to check in. Number three, take out. This is my favorite. Take out. (laughs) A simple way to love and serve our neighbors here in Steamboat Springs is to call a local restaurant and order some takeout food. Amen. Come on. Now I'm preaching. (laughs) But I mean that. I mean that. I mean, can you imagine the financial strain of owning a small business right now would be on a lot of people. And I'm not just saying our restaurants, call some of the local stores. See if they have what you need rather than calling things and ordering them online. This is a simple, simple way to love our neighbors right now, okay? So do take out. Number four, here's the last one, give out. Give out. Um, Make a decision. Make a decision to support some of the local Nonprofits that are in our community because these guys and gals, they're on the front lines. They're out there. They're trying to help in the midst of this crisis. In fact, um, I, one, I, one I would suggest to you is Lift Up. I'm on the board for Lift Up. And I know right now Lift Up is ground zero. They are making sure that everybody has plenty of food. They are needing help. They've had to close their, don- their thrift store, which is a main source of revenue. And so I want to encourage you to give or to support Lift Up in some way right now. Another organization I recommend you consider is consider Steamboat Christian Center. Continue to tithe to your church during this season. Why? Because this church takes your donations and we support organizations like Lift Up, number one. 
We, we have missionaries that we're supporting all around the world that are helping people in the midst of this crisis. Not only that, we use a lot of those donations to help people that are in need in our community, to help people pay rent, which Lift Up can't do right now, or to help people that are having an emergency situation. In fact, this week, I, I'm just really proud of the, the Christian Center. You may know that uh, over the last several months, we've had a lot of Jamaicans that have been joining us here at the church. They work at the hotels, and they found this to be their church home. This last week, they got all uh, laid off instantly. And their next job doesn't start in many cases for another month. But they, are had, they had to move out. They had to leave. They had to catch planes. And I'm proud that our church was able to buy some gift cards for 20 of our Jamaican friends to be able to give to them just as a way to help them in an emergency situation over the next few months. Because of your generosity. So I encourage you to continue to do that. Not only that, one other thing while it's on my mind. I want you to be and pay attention to some of your friends. Pay attention to those friends of yours that you know that might be out of work right now. Listen to their conversation. Check their heart. See how they're doing. You might find that it might be an opportunity for you to help. You might just say, hey, are you doing okay? What, are you falling behind? Is there something I can do? Can I help? Can I help? I heard of a couple, gave another couple uh, uh, some money to help them, and it was the exact amount that they needed to be able to pay their rent. Be mindful of that. Be open to God using you to help somebody bridge the gap until we get through this, okay? My point is this. Don't isolate. Participate safely. Safely participate. Stay engaged with others and look for ways that you can serve your neighbor, and together we're going to get through this. Amen? All right, so number one, watch the fear. Number two, wash their feet. And lastly, but most importantly, worship the Father. Amen, amen. This is paramount, my friends. We really, at this time, we really need to keep our focus on our good, good Father. I mean, I, I, some of you are like, why is that so important? Well, let me, let me put this up here on the screen for you. Here's a thought. What you choose to focus on today will become your reality tomorrow. That's good. What you're dwelling on and thinking about today is how you're going to feel tomorrow and how you're going to see the world tomorrow. So be mindful of that. Now, like I said earlier, I've, I've been completely astounded by people who are hoarding um, food and, and clearing out shelves at the grocery store. I just... I, I can't get my mind around it. I'm like, who are these people? Why are they doing this? I, I just, why are they acting this way? In fact, some of my friends on Facebook that are from other parts of the world are talking to me going, what's going on with you Americans? Why are Americans doing this? And I've been thinking about that. That's true. Why are we acting this way? And, and, and I had a thought. I don't know if it's true, but I thought it's, it's, it's a little ironic to me that two of the most popular TV shows recently are Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead. Right? I mean, these are two of them. And for the last 10 years, millions and millions of people have tuned in religiously each week to watch these apocalyptic shows about zombies who will kill you if they just touch you. Is it possible that maybe this coronavirus is just the manifestation of all of their worst fears and fantasies coming true and they're freaking out? <laughs> Why? Because what you choose to focus on today will become your reality tomorrow. Ooh, come on, that's good. Right? Mm. And so during this time, you can, you can focus on all the bad news that's coming out every day. 
and slowly become filled with more and more dread in your life. Or, or you can focus on your heavenly father who has the ability to fill you with power, feelings of power and feelings of love and, and good thoughts, sound mind. Look at this verse, Isaiah 26, verse three says, you will keep in perfect and constant peace all who trust in you. Isaiah's talking to God. He says, God, you will keep in perfect and constant peace all who trust on you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. This is a good time for us to fix our hearts on our Heavenly Father. And so in the midst of this chaos and uncertainty of today's news cycle that's just constantly dredging it up, you and I would do well to prioritize our life and prioritize our time with God, Amen. to create some space for him. I got three simple ways that you can do this, and I think it'll be helpful. Number one, study his word. This is, we all have some extra time on our hands right now. And many of you have struggled with this throughout the years, but this is a great time to just open up his word and get into it. Maybe you could download a reading plan. Some of you are like, I don't know where to start. My recommendation is two places. Number one, Proverbs. There's 31 Proverbs, one for each day of the month. And if you missed yesterday, look at today's date and you'll know which proverb to read. And in a month, you'll have read all of the Proverbs, which is wisdom and it's great perspective. Wisdom is looking at this world through God's eyes rather than your eyes. That's what wisdom is. And we could use a little bit of that, amen? Another place to read I recommend is just read the Gospels. The Gospels, the good news. <laughs> we need to counteract all the bad news we're getting with the good news. So read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I believe that'll help you. Number two, I want to challenge you to honor the Sabbath. To honor the Sabbath. Now, I love this online church thing because this is just amazing, man. This is, this is cool stuff that we can stay connected like this in these times. I think it's amazing. But here's the thing I want to just suggest to you. That you need to be mindful of some of the pitfalls of this new approach, right? With this new format, it would be uh, easy to make this just something else that we do online. Just kind of let it blend in with our watching habits of all the other stuff, you know? And so at night, you're watching all your Netflix shows and you're getting caught up and you're cruising through there. About midnight, you're like, oh, maybe I should watch Steamboat Christian Center, see what's going on down there. And you click it over there and pretty soon, about 30 minutes later, about five minutes into my sermon, you're asleep and you're bad and it's just become this thing. What, what, I'm, what I'm suggesting to you is that my point is this, is that we can become very casual about what we're doing here. We can become very casual about this. And we could, we could sleep in late on Sunday morning, get up, kind of roll into the kitchen, go into the freezer, put an ego in the toaster. I don't know what you eat for breakfast, but... Throw that in there and walk into the living room and click on some Fox News, see what the latest developments are. Then sit down, open up your laptop, watch a little Fox News and click play on the church and kind of zoom between that and the TV and the kids who are playing on their iPads. You could do that. Or, or you could honor the Sabbath. You could keep it holy. Can make it something special, something unique, not like what you do the rest of the time when you're online. Let it be holy. Get up on Sunday morning. Brush your teeth. Act like you're going somewhere. 
Comb your hair. Be there on time. <laughs> put on some clothes, right? Get out of the jammies. Put on some clothes. Get the kids all together. Turn off all the devices. Put, put Steamboat Christian Center on the biggest screen in the house, right? And say, come on, family. Let's go to church right now. I'm telling you. I mean, it'd be great. Think about that. You could do that. You could, you could, you could watch the service or you could participate. Your worship is going on. You can stand up in your living room, kind of sing and dance, kind of like how, you, how you've always wanted to, you know, <laughs> shake it up, just worship and praise God, right? You could say amen real loud when you hear a good point. Amen. Or you could type it in bold letters right there on the comment section. Amen, Pastor Troy. You could pray together with your family as you go to church, right? This is what I'm going to talk to you about. I want to encourage you. Let's just make the most of the time that we have together like this. This is becoming rare right now, and we need to make the most of it. Let's not let this become something less than it is. Amen? Amen. The last thought I have for you is I want you to challenge you to rejoice in the Lord. To rejoice in the Lord. Over this season, try to develop an attitude of gratitude. To be thankful Make some time each day to, to praise God for his goodness, and for his faithfulness, and for his power, and for his promises in your life, right? Now, some of you are like, Pastor Troy, man, things are so bad right now. I don't really feel like praising God. I get that. I understand. But let me, let me put this last point up there, and that's this. Feelings will constantly negotiate your actions. Your feelings will constantly negotiate what you should and what you should not do. But when you live by faith, you don't negotiate based on how you feel. You don't let your feelings get be a part of that decision. Uh, there's a prophet in the Old Testament, Habakkuk. You guys know this guy? This guy is um, going through a tough time. Clearly, there was a famine in the land. A lot of people were hurting. Um, he was a farmer. That's how he made his living. And, and his world was completely falling apart around him. But I want you to look at what, what he wrote in chapter 3, verse 17. Look at this. It's fascinating. He says, though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. You thought you were having a bad day, right? Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, look at this, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines and the olive crops have failed and the fields are producing no food and there's no sheep in the pen and there's no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Wow, wow. I will be joyful in God my Savior, he says. You catch that? He's going through the list of all the bad things, but he stops and then he shifts a gear and says, yet I will. He makes a choice. He makes a choice of the will to rejoice. My friends, that's not normal. That's not how most of this world lives, right? Most people let their feelings dictate what they do next. They let their feelings dictate their actions. But he, we, 
should let our faith dictate our actions. Yet I will rejoice. He chose to ignore his feelings and let his faith lead the way. And that's something I want to encourage us to do the same right now. Now I get it. None of us are feeling great right now. In fact, as we look at the world, this this sucks. I get it. But uh, the difference between us and the world around us is that we know that we have a Savior. We have a Savior who lives. We have a Savior who cares. We have a Savior who promised that he would never leave us or forsake us. Come on, man. I mean, he promised that he would provide for me. He promised that he would protect me. He promised me that he would deliver me from all evil, and therefore I will rejoice. Come on. (laughs) My point is, is just be extra diligent in the days and weeks ahead to thank God out loud with your voice for all of his blessings and for his goodness and for his faithfulness. And I promise this, you will feel better. Amen. 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 I want to pray with you. Let's close. Thanks for joining us, but I want to pray. Father, would you close your eyes, in fact, right there where you're in your living room. Participate. Close your eyes for a second. Father, we just pray for our world right now. We come together as a church, and you said if two or more of us could agree on anything in your name, it shall be done. And so we pray in the mighty name of Jesus for this world that you would bring uh, this pandemic to an end soon. You can do that so many different ways. You, can, you cause diseases to fall off of people when you walk this planet. You have the power to do that. You have the power to implement your thoughts and your genius into scientists and medical specialists and to help them find a vaccine that would bring this to an end. God, I pray that you would do that and that you would do it soon. Father, in the meantime, I pray for our church. I pray that you would help us Um, Help us to to control our emotions, to not let our feelings run the show, but instead let faith rise up in us and to walk in that and to choose to pursue you, to choose to seek you, to choose to pray to you and allow our faith to lead the way. Today, God, we reject fear in our lives. We rebuke fear. We know that fear is not of you. And we invite your Holy Spirit to come into us, spirit of love and power and sound thinking, God that will help us not be discouraged. God, we choose right now in the midst of this quarantine, this semi-quarantine, to to love our neighbors well, to reach out and to help them and to share the hope that we have in Christ with this community, God. We choose, Lord, more than anything, to rejoice in you because you are our Savior. You've already got this. Lord, you're our Heavenly Father, and we thank you for what you're doing in our lives right now. And we know and we are confident that you will carry us through this season, God. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your presence. And thank you for your power. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen.